This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Let's just start off with the awful stuff, shall we? HR1. Uh, we've talked about HR1 already. However, HR1, I get this all set up for you live streaming folks. You can actually see what I'm looking at. HR1 passed the House of Representatives. No big surprise there, by the way. We expected that to happen. The real question is, can they get it through the Senate? And we'll see. That's the thing. This is this is one of those reasons why those two runoff races in Georgia, of course, uh, uh, now Senator Warnock immediately started being investigated for voter fraud, and, <laughs> and the media hasn't covered it at all. Why would they? Uh, he illegally, reg allegedly, allegedly, he illegally registered people. Uh, so anyway, when you start looking at everything that's kind of going on uh, with this, this is why those runoff elections were so darned important. I mean, obviously the other election was important too, but those runoff elections were real important because uh, anytime you have somebody out there uh, on the political right telling you, nah, we're just going to let the country go to snot and then, and then that'll tell everybody or prove to everybody that, you know, we were right all along. Those people aren't serious. They're they're not credible people. They're not substantive people. They're not quality people. Those are folks who are okay with the country descending into chaos. They're okay with their fellow Americans getting harmed, getting hurt. They're okay with indentured servitude, with people coming across the border. They're okay with trafficking. They're okay with all of that stuff, as long as it proves them right, even if it gets to the point of no return where you can't fix those problems. And the reason that HR1 is so problematic is HR1 makes what happened in the last election, which was clearly rigged, and like I said, you have two choices with that last election. Either there was massive election fraud or it was the most anomalous and statistically unlikely election in all of American history. We've been over the reasons for that many times on the show. So you have an out if you want to say there's no fraud uh, or at least not enough fraud to sway the election. All right, cool. You believe it was an anomaly and statistically improbable. Okay, if you want to die on that hill, I'll let you die on that hill. But the reality of the situation is everybody knows what happened in this last presidential election was weird. Everybody knows that. And people wanted to take the easy way out and go, oh, it was just COVID. No, it wasn't COVID. The system was rigged. Now, we're not even going to cover the, the actual fraud that happened and has now been proven. Uh, and if you haven't been paying attention to what Stephen Crowder has been doing in my home state of Nevada lately, you need to. Uh, he took a, an election official to task this week and it was amazing basically if you haven't seen it go look it up you can see it on youtube you can download it on his podcast wherever podcasts are available but they went to addresses where they found people were using fake addresses in order to register to vote and then the system was updated and the system was updated on a day that the system is not updated in clark county and it was updated after the crowder piece to change the addresses of some of those fake addresses that he discovered and they changed them to new addresses. Those new addresses were also incorrect. And he finally got a hold of an election integrity official in Clark County and asked them about this. 
And they would not provide an answer as to why any of this was happening. So it's it's very enlightening. It happens over three different shows, but I highly encourage you to pay attention to it. Now, that's just Nevada. And I've, I've gone over some of the other things that are happening in my home state. And again, I'm from Nevada. So this is this is, you know, people voting in the wrong address. That's a common fraud thing that happens there. Um, but that's just one example. We've talked about everything that's happened in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Arizona, Maricopa County is still a very interesting situation you should pay attention to. While we've talked about all of that, the election was rigged. So forget about the fraud for just a second and let's talk about the rigging. Uh, the rigging, you know, illegally changing voter laws in violation of the state and national constitution right before the election to make it easier for one side to win. They created a two-tiered voting system in the United States. And the system for people who vote Democrat was streamlined and easy and fully funded. The system for Republicans was not. And we talked about Facebook, you know, what, three, at least $300 million that Mark Zuckerberg kicked into this, where local municipalities to get that money from Zuckerberg now had to do whatever Zuckerberg wanted when it came to the, the elections. And they were putting uh, the drop-off boxes for these ballots on every corner in blue districts. And they were doing it about every 16 to 18 miles in red districts. I and mean, it's just a whole host of very interesting things uh, that have happened. And then you have the media rigging the election, not covering stories that were huge stories in order to go ahead and provide cover for Biden and his family. And, and that's why we keep using the hashtag told you. Because all of the stuff that we've been telling you for an extended period of time, going back more than just a year, because we've been covering the Biden fiascos in the Ukraine and, and uh, elsewhere, including with Hunter, for more than that year. I mean, he was still in the White House for crying out loud when we were talking about that stuff. But now they want to change the election systems in this country so that what happened in the last presidential election will be duplicated over and over and over and over and over again in every election in the future. That's what the Democrats have just passed in the House of Representatives today. So H.R. 1, and like I said, I know that we've kind of touched on it here. I don't think that we've done a full breakdown of it. I thought that I had, and I went back and looked at my archives, and it turns out that I didn't. Uh, I did I did some stuff on, on other platforms, and that's where I got confused. But So H.R. 1 allows Internet-only registration with electronic signature submission, uh, so you won't have any voter ID. Now, this is obviously a major problem. You need to be able to prove who you are to vote. It's, it's a very simple thing. Anybody who argues against that is a criminal. There's just not a justifiable reason for that. We have talked about this with the Ami Horowitz video where he went to college campus. He talked to wealthy, well-off, um, supposedly educated white kids, and they all spewed a bunch of racism of low expectations just like Joe Biden does on a regular basis and did the other day at his town hall. Uh, black people in particular don't have the internet. Black people in particular don't know how to use the internet. Black people in particular don't have driver's license. Black people in particular don't know how to get a driver's license or where the DMV is. And since they don't have the internet, they can't figure out where the DMV is. And Ami Horowitz took that and he went to Harlem and he talked to people in Harlem, obviously Harlem, black community. And they are they're all looking at, at Ami Horowitz, like, where in the world are they getting this from? Well, they're getting it from the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson race hustlers out there. And they're getting it from white liberals who are running around in upper middle class and upper class white liberal neighborhoods and telling them those poor, poor people that don't look like you, they don't even have the internet. 
they, they don't know what YouTube is. They don't know how to get the COVID vaccine. They don't know any of this. And unfortunately, a lot of folks buy into that. It is called the racism of low expectations. We know it's not true. Uh, I've gone over the statistics with you of who does and does not have the internet in the United States of America. And the people who don't have it are people over 60 who are in rural areas, period. Everybody else has it. So there isn't an argument there. But this goes into all of this, right? So now we're gonna have an internet registration system where you don't have to provide voter ID. Now, again, I think this is a little interesting because there's supposed to be a whole host of minorities out there who don't have the internet. <laughs> so the, arg the argument for them not having ID is that they also don't have the internet. Um, so yeah, explain that one to me. Uh, nationwide motor voter registration. If you get your driver's license, you're automatically registered to vote. Again, that's something that should not happen. You're asked, this, this, this is a, an extra five seconds of your time. Uh, do you want to register to vote today? Yes or no? I don't have a problem with that system. Nobody else seems to have a problem with that system. There's no reason to automatically register you. We need to get people off of the voter rolls, not onto the voter rolls. 16-year-olds uh, will be required to register to vote. Children voting is a big plus for Democrats. We know that. 16-year-olds, of course, uh, should not be allowed to vote. I, I always find this interesting when they try to make these arguments about 21 and 18, and especially when it's drinking and gambling and smoking and uh, serving in the military and and being charged with, you know, adult crimes and that sort of thing. I just want you to pick one. I don't care if it's 21. I don't care if it's 24. I don't care if it's 18. I don't care if it's 16. Pick one. Which age are you an adult? Just pick one. Because you can't run around and say that you're not an adult at 16 and then say that they have the ability to cast a vote in elections. You don't have the ability to cast a vote in the elections. You're not an adult. You don't understand the issues. Let's, let's be honest. Most people in their 20s don't understand the issues. Most people in their 20s don't understand the issues. Um, but they still do this. And they really want that 16-year-old demographic. And I think you're going to probably find that because of some of the metrics that are out there politically with voters, it's probably because the older people get, Democrats are getting into more trouble. Na uh, nationwide same-day registration, which happens in certain states now. Michigan, of course, just passed this for you Michigan listeners out there. Um, the states that have same-day registration have higher rates of voter fraud than states that do not. We saw that in Minnesota in particular, uh, and now, of course, it has happened in Michigan. It grants $25 million for, for using minors in election activities. Interesting. Uh, prohibiting attempts to clean voter rolls of non-residents, which, again, should be a no-brainer. If people are not a resident, they shouldn't be able to be registered to vote in that state. Look at everything's happening in Nevada. Has always happened in Nevada my entire life. Um, the the website here says murderers and rapists can vote. Really, there's a there's a, a felon restoration provision in there, which many states already have anyway. Uh, mandatory early voting, which should be gotten rid of, banning voter ID because again you have that internet system now. Even though a large chunk of the population doesn't have the internet. Which, of course, means governments will push for government internet. And as I've told you before, and this has been something that happened here in South Bend as they were pushing for the internet downtown, uh, when the government has the internet, you're using their network. They have full rights to, to read and monitor all of your stuff without a warrant. You're using their network, okay? So you've got to be very careful about that stuff. But they really want national internet so that every time you connect to the internet, you're going to be subject to whoever's monitoring it. All of your information is going to be watched and read. 
because it's not your private private internet. Uh, by the way, in a little bit, we've got a really scary story about your computers coming up. Okay, pay very close attention to what I'll tell you a little bit later on. Uh, let's see, looking at D.C. statehood, territory statehood, of course, D.C. statehood is actually unconstitutional. Uh, it gives federal workers, um, you know, get mostly unions, six days of paid vacation to work those polls. Uh, not, not the fun polls, but the election polls. Uh, the bill provides uh, penalties for anybody who harasses poll workers and government administrators questioning election results can be prosecuted under a broad definition of what constitutes harassment. And that provision there is really interesting because one of the reasons given for kicking out election monitors and poll uh, poll watchers was that, oh, they were harassing the workers, even though there was no actual evidence presented that they were. So if you saw somebody doing something illegal or improper and you called them on it, you were accused of harassing the poll workers and they kicked you out of, of the building. So now you were no longer able to watch the polls as you're, of course, legally allowed to do. So this one is essentially going to be used to get rid of as many poll watchers as they possibly can, which, of course, foments fraud. So H.R. 1 passed the House of Representatives today. Of course, the big question is, what kind of support is it going to have in the Senate? Uh, obviously, a few people have to go against it on the Democrat side of things, and that remains to be seen. We've got more coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Holy crap, tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I lost track, to be honest with you. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you want to watch the live stream of the broadcast, we're on DLive still, but we have moved over to Trovo.live. That's T-R-O-V-O dot live slash Casey the host. Uh, that is the platform that we are kind of migrating slowly over to because DLive is messing with us. And uh, some, some technical stuff for viewers, but also they don't let anybody subscribe to me anymore. They don't let anybody discover me anymore, that sort of thing. So all of that stuff because they decided to go woke on us after they got sold to a different company. Uh, Trovo, so far, so good. This is day number two on it and things have worked out pretty well. Most people prefer it over DLive, plus you can change the resolution of the video. So if you like having a lower resolution, lower bandwidth option, Trovo lets you do that, whereas DLive would randomly do it, but other times would not do it. I wanna also go over, as we're talking about HR1, I wanna go to the Wall Street Journal. Now, this is an opinion piece from Jeff Chu from the Associated Press, or, oh wait, that's the photo. Who wrote the article? Uh, well, it's just listed as the editorial board. Making every election like 2020, HR1 mandates ballot harvesting and limits voter verification. Now. Voter verification is obviously a huge issue. In Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that up to 200,000 ballots were probably invalid because of voter voter um, um, verification. Now, typically in Wisconsin, they have about you know 30 to 40,000, like 35, 40,000 people who they qualify to not have to prove who they are because they're they're confined to their house for medical reasons or disability. Well. They also ruled in Wisconsin that COVID wasn't a justifiable reason for you to have that exemption. And that was before the election. So everybody knew you couldn't use COVID as an excuse to not leave your house. So they went from typically, you know, 30 to 40,000 people who have that exemption to over 200,000 
in the in the last election, which obviously is very anomalous and questionable. And the assumption there is that a lot of people utilized COVID as an excuse to not leave and vote from home. But considering how many people in Wisconsin did vote and did venture out, there is great skepticism about the legitimacy of those ballots for people who did not verify who they were. And they weren't granted the time to investigate. And that, that is still something that the state can do, but it's, it's going like you know snails on asphalt. So I wanna read just a bit of this piece in the Wall Street Journal, and I'll include it in the Daily Show prep today at theburningtruth.us. And again, please subscribe to my newsletter. It's totally free. I don't harass you with stuff. Uh, but we do send out the daily show prep, you know, at least three times a week, okay? Plus some other posts and things of that nature. And I've got some events coming up that I want you to know about. If you thought the 2020 election ran like a finely oiled machine, you'll love what Democrats plan next. The Senate and House reserved their first bills, HR1 and S1, for voting changes that would make mail balloting in a, uh, in a, in a plague year seem buttoned up. We've gone through some details already, but it's another it's worth another word as the House prepares to vote this week. And again, the House passed that today. Advocates present the legislation as a good government reform that won't favor either party, but HR1 is packed with provisions that would federalize election rules to dubious result. Unsettling unsettled longstanding practices and end security measures that local officials think prudent, undermine public confidence and increase the odds of contested outcomes. And I still, just as an aside to, you know, stick an ice pick in somebody's side here and just kind of twist it, I have to remind everybody that the Democrats now in three elections are making the claim, Democrats in three elections that they lost, House races, they are making the claims that there was voter fraud and that the machines were hacked and or rigged against them. And the media is not calling them un-American and accusing them of spreading conspiracy theories and social media platforms are not deplatforming those particular politicians because they're making unfounded conspiracy claims. That is not happening to those three Democrats. And in fact, the House of Representatives is actually considering overturning one of those elections. Start with permanent pandemic rules. HR1 would create a federal right to a mail ballot. No excuse necessary. Registered voters couldn't be made to submit any form of identification as a condition of obtaining an absentee ballot. That is a quote. Except a signature or affirmation. I pinky swear I am who I say I am. Right. State laws requiring mail votes to be notarized or signed by witnesses would be trumped. Late arriving ballots, if postmarked on time, would be valid nationwide for 10 days after the election. In other words, the bill would entrench last year's emergency experiment, further turning Election Day into election quarter. H.R. 1 would give Americans endless opportunities to relive the fun in New York's 22nd congressional district, which didn't have a victor for 97 days, and Democrats are now claiming isn't a legitimate outcome. I added that last part. Out of Pennsylvania's 10,097 late-arriving ballots last year, an alarming 6.6% did not have legible postmarks. A state Senate seat outside Pittsburgh turned on whether uh, whether or not to count mail ballots that voters neglected to date. The county tallied them. The county next door didn't. What if the White House were in the balance? Exactly. H.R. 1 would override state laws against ballot harvesting, letting Americans nationwide designate any person to return a vote, provided the carrier does not receive any form of compensation based on the number of ballots. So... As long as you have, I guess, an hourly rate or a salary, 
you can have these activist groups, which I think there needs to be election reform to get activist groups out of this. I don't think they should have any role in registering people or taking in ballots. So ballot harvesting becomes legal and anybody, anybody can go and collect ballots and turn them in as long as they're not being paid per ballot. That's it. They can be paid per hour. They can be given a flat, flat salary, but you just can't pay them per ballot. It also states, may not put any limit on how many voted and sealed absentee ballots any designated person can return. So if an activist group, BLM, if BLM wants to go out and collect ballots, they can do that and each individual can collect as many ballots as they want. And as long as they're either not being paid or they're being paid an hourly or a flat rate and not per ballot, it's totally legal. Uh, by the way, the lady in Texas who just got caught doing this, do you know what she was doing? She was giving people gift baskets. That's how she was paying them when she was illegally harvesting ballots in Texas. Paid partisan operatives could go door to door amassing thousands of votes as long as they build by the hour. That's uh, the Wall Street Journal. There's more in this. You need to read the entire article, but it's um, that's about half of it, okay? But you have to read the entire thing. I'll put it in the daily show prep for everybody at theburningtruth.us after the show. We have more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to just I want to address one quick little thing about HR1, just one tiny thing because it just came up in the live stream and I, I made a veiled reference to it, but I want to tie it to what's happening in Nevada right now with the coverage of Steven Crowder. Um, with HR1, you're going to, with same day registration, right, you're going to go and you're going to be able to register at one polling place and then vote. And then you can go to another polling place and register and vote. And then you can go to another polling place and register and vote. Now, this happens in same-day registration states in a much higher rate than it happens anywhere else, which is one of the reasons that same-day registration states in the U.S. have larger percentages of voter fraud than states that do not allow it. Now, some of you are automatically going to say, but that's a crime. Yes. So? So some of you are like, well, they're going to get caught. Probably. Maybe. So? Well, then they'll go to jail. Probably. Maybe. So? Well, then people won't do it. Wrong. It's not a stiff jail sentence. It's not. And you have to understand there's financial compensation that, that is involved with all of this. Yes, some people just do it just because they're activists. But there's a financial compensation. You have a system in place where people are taken care of monetarily if they do this. Now, let me ask you this question, because I think a lot of you probably aren't thinking this through here. What happens to the votes that were cast by those people that we catch committing voter fraud? What happens to those votes? Some of you are probably saying, well, we just subtract them and we see if the election results are still the same. Not always. Most of the time we don't subtract them at all. In fact, that came up. That was a part of the question that Steven Crowder asked the election integrity official in Clark County, Nevada, after he caught dozens of addresses with people who are voting illegally by registering a fake address. And then when the system in Clark County updated the addresses after Crowder's initial report, and the new address was also false, and finally an election integrity official was willing to talk to him, 
he asked them specifically, all right, now that we know that these are fraudulent votes, like what's what's the process to fix it? What happens now? And the guy looked, well, you didn't look at him, but over the phone, the guy, the guy basically said, I'm not sure what you want me to do. I'm not aware of any law that would allow us to take those votes away from the total. This is what I meant when I told you that Trump is probably gonna be proven right throughout this whole process with the legal stuff that happens from here to the next couple of years, but they're not gonna change the outcome. They're gonna go, all right, well, you know what? There was fraud, you know, what can we what can we do about it? Yeah, that sucks. He probably should have won that state or he should have won that district or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, but you know, hey, we, we've already got the, uh, you know, the Biden administration in. What, what do you want us to do about it now? That's how it's gonna be presented. That is exactly how it's going to be presented. And the election integrity official in Clark County, Nevada, basically confirmed that. So you've got to, you've got to think about this. Now, again, I want to offer some hope. <laughs> okay, I have to offer some hope. Uh, one, we don't know that HR1 is going to pass the Senate. If it does pass the Senate, it's like most of the states are going to sue because it unconstitutionally infringes upon states' rights for conducting their elections, uh, which is a constitutional guarantee from the federal constitution that is given to them. So yeah, there's gonna be some legal challenges to that. Remember, Trump has remade the federal court system. I know that you're all disenfranchised with the Supreme Court right now and you have a right to be because they've been completely horrible, but the federal system has been revamped. So you have, you have to think about it that way. There's also a lot of states that are putting forth legislation that would prevent something like an HR1 from being recognized in their state. So that is also happening. You know, these are, these are things where the new battlefield is basically being set up, okay? And as I said before, in California, Democrats changed the law. They allowed this type of stuff like we see in HR1 to happen. They flipped Republican congressional districts that always go Republican, they're heavy Republican, and the Republicans basically were behaving like a lot of you are behaving now. We're never gonna win again. There's nothing we can do. It's hopeless. And exactly one election cycle later, the Republicans retook every one of those districts. They learned how to play the game that the Democrats set the rules to, and they beat them at their own game. Now, I understand that it is um, a bitter taste in the mouth that we might get to a point if an HR1 passes and is held up by the courts that we're going to get into who's going to be able to cheat the best this election cycle. I get that. That sucks. Uh, and that's going to further divide the country. It's going to further cause skepticism of the actual process of voting. But I also want you to understand that you know, once you get people back in office that are not um, not the the activists of the other side, there is at least an opportunity. If you vote right, there is an opportunity to rescind that stuff. It it can happen. We have seen it happen before. In the meantime, you're just gonna have to swallow a bitter pill. But you got to learn to play the game the way that they played the game. That's how you beat them. Now, in f at four o'clock, I'm gonna go over something that is gonna scare the ever-loving bleep out of you. And I want you to be well aware. You're gonna go into this at four o'clock, eyes wide open. I am gonna scare you. Because this is a this is tied to something that I have talked about on my live stream with 3D printers that were in the last stimulus that, that passed that a lot of people don't realize happened. But I am gonna scare all of you. If you have a computer, I'm gonna scare you to death. 
I just want you to be aware of that at four o'clock. I'm going to give you nightmares. And I'm going to ask you to go back and watch a couple of movies. Now, those are just movies. But I think they're going to provide a sufficient enough warning for you to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. So at four o'clock, be prepared. In 11 minutes, I'm going to scare you. And that's not hyperbole. What I'm going to tell you at four o'clock is going to make you extremely nervous. <laughs> I know I've piqued your interest. I know, but I'm going to, I'm going to scare you. And if you don't get scared, that just means you're so abundantly clueless about technology that you just, Casey, I'm supposed to be scared, but I don't understand it enough to be scared. But I'm going, I'm going to give you nightmares, just so you know. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, we are live streaming on DLive, but also now on Trovo. So we're on trovo.live slash Casey, the host. Uh, people from DLive, most of them prefer Trovo. So again, if you are interested in watching the video, engaging with us during the commercial breaks, hanging out with a really good community, go to trovo.live slash Casey, the host. I was going to tell you about, I used it yesterday, actually, the CBD lotion, all natural, cbd.org. So yesterday, um, I, I was having... A uh, little, little irritation, I think, from some of the stuff I've been dealing with with the gym and the chiropractor. And I just took out the lotion and I used it. I just had the 500 milligrams because somebody snagged my thousand from me. But I used the 500 milligrams. I always recommend get the thousand milligram lotion because it just is better. Okay. Uh, but I used the 500 on my neck and it was seriously within a couple of minutes. It, it, it never fails for me when I apply it to my neck. It's within three minutes. The pain goes away. And I was able to actually sit back on the couch, enjoy my evening without having to worry about grimacing every couple of minutes. The product just works, okay? CBD is proven to relieve pain. It's proven to do a lot of other stuff as well, but for pain management, it's a phenomenal product. It doesn't stink, doesn't smell bad, isn't greasy, any of that. This is a lotion. Just like any, any other high quality lotion, it, it rubs into the skin, completely disappears, and it moisturizes your skin while delivering full spectrum CBD right where the pain is. So if you've got fibromyalgia, arthritis, you got muscle and aches after working out, or if you just tweak things like I do because you're getting old and have old nagging injuries, go to allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. You save 10%. Allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. All right, there is a bipartisan pair of senators who has now decided that they want to strip Biden of his war powers after he ordered a Syria airstrike. This comes up anytime. There's always people on, on both sides, but this involves an Indiana senator. Todd Young is involved in all of this. And you, know, you always run into you always run into the tribalists when this stuff comes up. Because uh, you know they're always people are usually okay with their president launching airstrikes, but they're not okay with the other president. There's a few people that don't like it doesn't matter who the president is, uh, but Tim Kaine, Democrat of Virginia, Todd Young, Republican of Indiana, who's recently announced that he's going to run for office again. So whoop-de-doo, we have another lukewarm uh, Senate option in Indiana. I know a couple of you are still high on Todd Young's because you haven't paid attention to him. 
Uh, anyway, they introduced their joint bill hours after an Iraqi military ha uh, base housing U.S. troops and civilian contractors was hit by rocket attacks, according to Politico. Last week's errors in Syria show that the executive branch, regardless of party, will continue to stretch its war powers, Kane said. Yeah, well, the president has a right to quick strike. Always has. That's not a new thing. Okay, That's not a new... The president is always, as commander-in-chief, had that ability. Now, you invade a country... You, you have prolonged military operations without congressional approval. We start running into some real issues, right, Obama? <laughs> of course, Tim Kaine had no problem with Obama doing that stuff. Um, but he is, he is having an issue with Biden doing it. But our Senator Todd Young is also in on this. So uh, it's not going to go anywhere. He's actually going to pass it. But it's just uh, one of those things I wanted you to be aware of. All right, I'm going to scare the death out of you. Coming up, just a couple of minutes on 95.3 MNC.